if you just stay in that mentality of just getting the job done, right. like this, this absolutely works. And this is, I did this on two hours a day. Welcome to the Next Level American Dream podcast. This episode is brought to you by Thompson Multifamily Group. Are you ready to start taking your American dream to the next level through passive investing? The hosts, Sean and Abigail, are a father-daughter duo trying to accomplish their goal of financial freedom through multifamily real estate. While you're here, please comment, rate, review, like, or subscribe to help us grow. What does the American dream mean to you? And how are you taking it to the next level? Here's another episode of Next Level American Dream. Hi, Brent. Thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing incredible, Sean. Doing really good. Thank you for asking. Well, Brent, let's start with a little bit about your background and kind of where you come from and where you are today. Yeah. You know, I started in 2007 trying to accomplish the American dream. I graduated high school 2004. I had a really successful lawn and landscape company and it was doing very well, but I always wanted to get in real estate. And I was just fascinated with houses and apartments and rentals. And so I got my real estate license in 2007 and immediately bought my first rental property. And then, you know, obviously we know what happened in 2008, 2009. Right. I kind of threw in the towel there because I was getting beat up on a daily basis trying to, you know, find people's houses to buy and sell and serve people as a realtor. And also while simultaneously building my investment portfolio, which was, that was my main concern. And it just got between my ears that this is not going to work. I need to start over. I need to go back to school. So I ended up joining the military in 2009 and really kind of took a break from 2009 to 2013 from real estate that is, and was just focused on the army, doing really well, exceeding in ranks, a couple deployments to Afghanistan, lived in Germany while I wasn't deployed and got back to the States in 2013 to do what's called active duty green to gold and went to college and bought another rental property. And I started house hacking that and just picked right up almost where I left off, but I was a little bit further, a little bit you know, more mature. I had studied and, and I pulled the trigger and found my way into wholesaling soon after that. Because one thing you do going to college, a private college, plus buying rentals and fixing them up, I racked up a, what I felt like an enormous amount of debt that I wasn't comfortable keeping. So started wholesaling houses and then I was still moving with the army <laughs> while doing this. And then ultimately stumbled on land. You know, I love your shirt. Cash flow, Thompson multifamily. That really, that's the first thing I saw. I couldn't even tell you what you looked like for the first five seconds because I was zoned in <laughs> on your shirt because yeah. land gives me the ultimate holy grail of cash flow like I've never seen before. And I love it because I love that we're talking about on a show with multifamily investors because what do I take my land cash flow and do with it? We buy more rentals, apartment complexes, and our office building that we rented out. So I'm really excited to talk to you if you can't tell. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah. I have a bunch of, uh, I have a couple of buddies that do, they're doing development, right? And development is a big part of multifamily right now. And so land acquisitions is a big deal with development, right? If you got to, if you can get the right land acquisitions, then your development projects off to the best start possible. Right. So that's land is land is an interesting topic to talk about for sure. In this climate, it's difficult to get good acquisitions 
so you can find land and build your own good acquisitions right so yeah it starts with land it really does you know it started with god and he created the earth and then there's the land for us to do things with right yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so i want to talk to you about uh, you so you're also guiding veterans and active military on how to do real estate or use real estate as a path for financial freedom for while they're in the military or, or exiting the military or after the military, right? Are you, you're working with that? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, me and Wholesaling Inc. created a course called the Land Sharks. Um, Wholesaling Inc. is kind of like our coaching platform. The Land Sharks course is the one that we teach people how to do this. And that was stemmed from a huge problem that I was having uh, was getting out of the military. What the heck was I going to do? when I got out and I started, you know, obviously I needed to cover my expenses. And that's the biggest fear of, of military active duty people looking to get out because we're, everything is covered, like our housing, our expenses, our, right. our, our healthcare. We don't make a like fortune being in the military. You're not going to ever get rich being in the military, but everything's just covered for you. So right. a lot of people really fear getting out and I was one of those guys. So yeah, that's kind of how the land sharks course was created. It was almost created for, for people just like me that had no time and no money because what we had no time because we're serving in the military and no money because, you know, we usually spend what we make. Most people right. do. So that's where it kind of came from. So why, why military members? I guess you, you, you decided to because you're in the military why what drove you to kind of focus on the military as as an option for for teaching people this information well it, it didn't start with the focus on the military actually it started with just people that you know came to my local meetup who i ultimately built the course around teaching them how to be successful in land and then it started with friends on facebook and i i, I found myself i was one-on-one -on -one coaching 16 people at one time and i was charging like you know 900 bucks and i would one-on-one -on -one coach you and then we built the course around that and after about six or eight months into that course, me teaching people on a more structured, systematized level now, we do weekly support calls, we have a support group. I noticed that like 70% of the people that come were coming in were just like me. They were either active duty still or veterans, retired. And I just was like, wait a minute, why am I not talking to more military groups? Because that's obviously who I'm attracting. So I realized my avatar is, is military people. And right. that's, that's kind of how that I pivoted it a little bit. It's like, okay, I'm going to do a better job at talking to actual military members. Well, you made, you yourself made that transition so that they, that gives you some credibility with that audience, I would think, or that, that group of people to say, Hey, he's done it. Maybe, maybe he can show me the path. Right. Do you think that was maybe the appeal initially? 1000% Sean. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's talk about kind of what, what are the pros and cons for, for someone that's someone that's in the military or just thinking about getting out? What is it that, that they can benefit from and what sort of things are they going to expect to have hurdles of trying to do this program that you are teaching them and working with them on? What, what are some of the, some of the benefits and, and, and downsides? Yeah. One of the benefits or one of the downsides, I'll start with the downsides was like, I was only in usually a duty station for 21 months, it seemed right. like. So I would be like moving all around. It's like, I, I got established with that house hack in Melbourne, Florida, while I was going to Florida Tech to be an officer, the army officer. And then they bounced me to Fort Lee, Virginia. I'm there for six months. And I actually never got, I never got started there because I tried and it's just, 
it took longer than what I planned. So I actually, I got the, I got the pump going. I just never got the air primed out of the line. Right. It literally started trickling by the time I was leaving there. And then it's time to go to Fort Carson, Colorado. And this is going to be a three-year duty station. And that's when I said it, this is going to be the last one I'm out after this. And uh, the reason why I was so gung-ho on it was me and my wife, my second wife, mind you, just got pregnant with our first baby. My first life and I didn't work out because I was always gone, always deployed, always away. And I was not going to let history repeat itself. Mm -hmm. So when that baby came out, I, it just was almost like a mind shift change. It went from, okay, I like the military. I enjoy the military. I'm going to stay for a while to out in three years. When this, when this contract's up, I'm putting in my refrad packet and nothing's going to stop me. I'm going to have enough financial cash flow or passive income, cash flow, whatever you want to call it, coming in every single month, that's going to cover my bills. And at that, at that time, it was only like 4,500 a month. Right. I look back on that now. It's like, man, I just, I just had to get 10 notes paying me $450 a month. Right. Right. But for, so for your members that are, that you're teaching these things too. So I guess being, being in uh, various locations over the course of their career makes it difficult to establish a presence in real estate. And so what you're kind of teaching them on the land side is that they can do that anywhere they're interested in, right? I mean, yes, you could do it. I, there's a couple options. I've got people that are stationed in Korea or out of the country. I say, go back where you're from, like right. where you know people like, I got my father started in this. And he's literally bought almost 50 something parcels of land now in my own backyard where I grew up, you know, for 21 years I lived there. And... If you're like me, you're in, in the United States or in the United States stationed there for three years, then I started in my own backyard. I really, I started in Colorado Springs. So there's a couple options or, you know, you might be moving back home, start there. You know, I'd really like to, I, I really like to be within about a two hour time radius because you can drive there on a weekend if you need to. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> And so, so what are some of the, I guess, the upsides for guys they're, they're in the military, they're trying to, I guess the be biggest benefit is really trying to establish something for yourself as, as you're transitioning out of the military, yeah. like you said, to cover your fixed expenses that you've been accustomed to having covered yeah. as, as part of your, your military service. Right. So the upside for military, and I wanted to talk about the negatives first is, I mean, we're already used to working our butts off. I mean, right. this is. This is not nearly as hard as basic training or doing a field rotation or a deployment. Like, I mean, I if you just stay in that mentality of just getting the job done, right. like this, this absolutely works. And this is, I did this on two hours a day. So I would have to be on post by 6 a.m. to do physical training. I would get up at four and I would get so much done between four and six that, and I would do that like five days a week, Monday through Friday. And I would usually sleep in on a Saturday and Sunday to catch up on sleep. But I got so much accomplished in that two hours a day times five days a week. That's 10 hours a week, 40 hours a month. And just keep doing the math. It compounds. Yeah. So being, being deployed all over the place and moving around makes it difficult to establish a, a connection to a real estate market. And then just finding the time, the free time within your military schedule to get this to happen, right? Those are two negatives you said, but your land program gives them the opportunity to start. It's a positive one because you could pretty much do this from anywhere in the world. I just recently moved back to Florida. Most of my parcels of land are in Colorado and Arizona right now. And I haven't seen over, I don't know, 
we've got almost 400 parcels of land. I've, I've only probably looked at 50 of them. And another positive thing is being in the military, we're so used to like just, you know, working hard, working long hours and, and doing hard things, field rotations, deployments and basic training and operating on little to no sleep. This is not like that. It's just so much easier. I mean, it's at the end of the day, that's, I'm just saying that military people have an advantage because we've had to go through sucky times. And just, if you can, if you, it's just everything, this, this too shall pass. It's only a certain amount of time that you got to put in those hard hours, or you can hire a team right off the bat and have people help you and they do it while you sleep. So there's so many options. Yeah, the beauty of land is that there's it's it's much lower risk acquisitions in terms of you know you don't have to find condition of the of the improvements on the property you don't have to worry about rehabbing or or taking care of the buildings and stuff like that so on an acquisition side just makes it more streamlined I would guess and then on a management side I'm guessing you have to do I mean you have to keep the, up the land you have to keep the grass mowed and you know all those sorts of things too is is that is, that's probably the only real downside to to managing the property once you acquire it, right? It's just kind of maintaining the grass and, and making sure you're within codes of any violations, that kind of thing. So the only time you have to worry about grass, and this is different in every state, but here's here's where the average is. It's This is what it is in like most states. If you have cleared the land, then you have to worry about mowing the grass. If the land is already, if the land only has trees on it and it's never been cleared, you don't have to touch the grass. So, so only, that, only like, uh, properties that have been sort of like municipalities that you're buying that yes. are like old vacant lots of homes or things, things like that. That's, that's when it's an issue. But if you're buying yes. a remote rural land, that's treed and things, you don't have to worry about that sort of thing. Yep. You don't have to worry about it. Now it could even be in the middle of the city. If it's never been cleared, you don't have to worry about cleaning it or, or mowing the grass. Now, if it has been cleared, like a, a mobile home park that we purchased the last vacant parcel of land. I think there was like five years of fines and, and liens from, from mowing the grass. Well, we immediately sold the land to a buyer and we put in their contract for deed. Basically, they, they signed a contract that they would pay us roughly seven years, 300 a month. They're required to mow it and keep it mowed. And if there's any fines or liens or, or penalties, they pay that. So our buyer is responsible for it. Right, right. So if someone's in the military now and they, and they kind of want to, they want to start doing these things, what do you recommend they can, they can do right away to kind of get the ball rolling? Yeah, right away. So pick your playground. If you're stateside right now, I recommend that two hour radius. And next, after you pick the playground, that's, that's your area, that's your farm area. Next is let's get a list. Let's get a list of people that own land. And you can find that using prop stream or priced. Um, I can even give a link to go straight and get a seven day free trial to get that list. And then once you get that list, it's time to start sending postcards to that list or a, a simple letter saying, Hey, I'd like to buy your land at one, two, three main street, or let's just say it doesn't even have an address. You can just put the street it's on like Wichita street. And if you're interested in an all cash fair offer, call me or text me and then just get ready. Your phone's going to start ringing. And you can kind of focus on low hanging fruit. You know, the people, the owners that are out of state or maybe even behind on taxes or both behind on taxes and out of state, that's probably gonna be the lower hanging fruit of people that might've inherited the land. You, you name it. Like there's no emotion usually tied to this land, like a house. So uh, yeah, so just uh, figuring out where you want to be 
And then I guess going after leads in that area is the first thing. Once, once people start to acquire properties, I, I'm guessing disposition is, is, a, is one of the critical steps in, in this process as well, right? So how do you go about selling? Are you marketing or you, how does that work? We are Thompson Multifamily Group. We generate passive income for our clients and partners by investing in apartments. Apartments are like giant factories that take in rent checks and create profits that we share with our investors. If you'd like more information about us or how to get into the deal room, please visit our website at thompsonmultifamilygroup.com. Thompson Multifamily Group, an alternative to the stock market. So how do you go about selling? Are you marketing or you, how does that work? Yeah, Sean, you've 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 shown interest that you want to sell your parcel of land. You inherited it three years ago from a you know great uncle, and you need you're not sure what it's worth. And basically, you know you want to be somewhere around fifty thousand dollars. I go and do some research. Okay, well, I can't pay fifty thousand. That's actually what it's worth, but I could actually pay you maybe thirty thousand. Would you consider that offer? You say yes. Now I send you a purchase agreement with the right to market that land. And I can do a couple things. I can find a buyer to assign that contract to, or I can find a buyer that's willing to buy it from me or call a realtor and say, hey, what can I list this on the MLS for? Like, I want the 30 day blowout price. I want the get it done now price. And the realtor said, yeah, I can list it for 50,000, get it, get it sold. And th that's what gives you the options. So I really like to have my exit strategy in place before I pay you, Sean, the seller. So I go out and I put signs up. I put it on Craigslist, Facebook buy, sell groups, Facebook marketplace. And Bob, the buyer says, you know what? I'll give you 40,000 for it. I know you're asking 50, I'll give you 40,000 for it. I say, great. I get a, I get a basically an assignment agreement from Bob, the buyer. And I've got it under contract with you, Sean, for 30,000. I assign that contract with the title company to Bob the buyer for 40. I keep the difference of 10,000. So Bob's buying it for 40. I've got it under contract with you for 30. I just assigned that contract. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Yeah. So that sounds like a really simple system that you can, you can utilize while doing some other job like the military. So if you, if you can find car, like you said, carve out the time to, to activate your marketing and, and respond to phone calls and things like that. Or have, like you said, have maybe a virtual assistant or a team that can help you with, with navigating, taking calls and making calls and, and sort of structuring the deals and things like that. It seems like that would be a great way to go. I know with houses, like, you know, if you're buying houses, you have a whole another level of responsibility to that, that property. Right. And it, being local would be hyper important. I think if you're doing that on a very limited time basis, right? So if you can't like go to those properties easily and, you know, take care of things that way, Atlanta would be a great alternative to doing, you know, the traditional rental buyer rental property route, I think. So it yeah. sounds pretty cool. And I, I mean, personally, I don't, I try not to do too many assignment of contracts. I build my bank account up, you know, I'll do a few of those and then I'll buy one for say $10,000. That's worth 30,000. And then I'll go and find a buyer that can, you know, put a down payment and pay a monthly payment because that's that's my preferred method. That gives me the cash flow, and I try and finance those as long as possible because now I'm getting interest, I'm getting a monthly payment, and I can just go out and do another one and rinse and repeat and rinse and repeat. And most like listeners might be thinking, oh my gosh, like why would someone sell their land at thirty three cents on the on the dollar or for a discount of thirty thousand? It's really worth fifty thousand. 
Well, you know, it's kind of like pawn shops, basically. They're, they are all over the country. And, and why do people take their, their Rolexes and go in and sell these things at like 10 cents on the dollar? Because the pawn shop is providing speed and convenience. But when, when we think about land, it's like, you know, it's not something that people are living on. It's like just, just this extra thing, almost like I've got this old car in my garage and I'm tired of looking at it. I'm tired of kicking it on accident when I'm trying to walk through my garage. My garage is just messy. I'm going to just throw it on Craigslist and sell it for 50 cents on the dollar just to get rid of it. And I had this example. It was an epiphany. The other day I sold like a $400 fifth wheel hitch that was sitting in my garage that I no longer use for like a hundred bucks because I wanted it out of my garage. And the guy was like, so happy to be getting it. It's the same thing with land. I mean, it's just like, they don't need it. They're paying the back taxes. They inherited it. You name it. Like they just have no emotional tie to it. Yeah. And land has the really land has no value unless you're going to develop it somehow. Right. So land itself is just, it's just waiting for the, de the development phase to happen. Right. Otherwise it's just sitting there costing you money. It's taxes and, and upkeep and those sorts of things. So until you really put something on there that you can charge rent for, I mean, I guess agricultural land where you're renting it to someone to raise their cattle or farm or something that could generate as a land product that could generate a revenue. But land itself typically doesn't generate revenue until you until you sell it or you would develop it right so it, it, it you know it, you have to kind of do one of those two things if and if you're an owner of a, a parcel and you're not doing anything with it you're never going to generate income it's just going to be it's just going to be a liability the whole time exactly so. a liability right there yeah so most people i i i've i've talked to a few people about land i've never done land acquisitions but i've had people try and sell me land before and it's it's always the same thing and until you kind of take it and make something out of it it's just it's just kind of a, a burden you know For and that's most why people. there's virtually no competition in this because they don't like most people most real estate investors most people drive by land every single day and they don't see apartment complexes on it. They don't see multifamily units on it. They don't see trailer park, something you can rent out and make money. Right. But if you buy the land at a discount and turn around and sell it for, you know, seller financing, you can sell it at retail because that person wants to build a house one day. They want to build a cabin one day. They want to develop it one day. It's always one day. There's always a buyer for every piece of land, but you got to give them the ability to buy it. And that's usually seller financing or... You're in a neighborhood and you pick up that infill buildable lot at, you know, 60 cents on the dollar. And what do builders need? They need stuff to build on. They need land to build on. Right. That builder is going to be super happy when you hand them over a shovel ready lot on a silver platter and you give it to them for 90 cents on the dollar. So if we're looking at a hundred thousand dollar lot, you got it under contract for 60,000, you sell it to the builder for 90, 70, 80, 90. That's a $30,000 payday. Right, right. Yeah. So Brent, let's talk about, so I ask everybody this question. It's, you know, the, the name of the podcast, Next Level American Dream, right? So what is the, what does the American dream mean for you? Well, the American dream, it changes, I think, for people. First, the American dream was I wanted to buy a house. Got that. Then I wanted to get rentals and cash flowing assets. We built that. Why did we want the cash flowing assets and the rentals and the passive income and the cash flow? which was to be able to travel and do things on our terms and work from home, own our own business. That's, and we, we accomplished that. I mean, COVID kind of wrecked that a little bit with the, tr the whole travel thing, but now the American dream is to pay off our vacation house and then start paying for our, my parents' house, like things like that. So 
American dream for me is, you know, <laughs> everything I just mentioned. And then I hope I answered the question. I was kind of going on a, on a tangent there. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. You, you, your American dream has kind of been in phases. It sounds like. Ex yes. Phase yeah. one, phase two. That's right. <laughs> right. So now you're probably looking at, I've got, I've got these, these goals achieved and you're, now you're helping other people to try and find some financial freedom and maybe achieve their American dream. And you're also kind of maybe looking at what's the next American dream phase for you probably, right? Oh my gosh. Yes. So okay. yes, that's been incredible too. Just seeing, you know, when I first came out with the course and I was one-on-one -on -one coaching those 16 people, that was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life because they came to me with, with money and their time. And then I started having second thoughts like, oh my gosh, maybe only I can do this. Maybe I was just in a special market. Maybe it only worked because I had this one opportunity. And now I see so many people having wins. Like I just had in the last two months, I kid you not, I've had two different people say they made 200,000 this month that I have coached. Yeah, That is like unbelievable. I never would have even imagined that, but we just changed their entire family's legacies and they are now achieving their American dream. One of those guys actually... <laughs> Uh, left. He was a CEO at a hospital in Colorado Springs. He's now doing, he's now retired. And doing real estate full, like as a full, full-time hustle. I don't even know if he's hustling, but yes, he's, he says he does real <laughs> estate full-time. If, if you're listening to this, Mr. Mason, get to work. <laughs> yeah. Turn the hustle up a little bit, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. He probably very well could be, but he's in Colorado. I'm in Florida. So I don't get to see him every day. Yeah. Good. Well, so how can, if someone's listening to this, they're, they, they don't necessarily have to be in the military, right? You work with other people, but if they're considering what to do with their military career and what, and something to build as a legacy or as, as a business outside of the military, when they get out, how can they, can they reach out to you and, and, Absolutely. and that sort of thing? And how can they get started with that? What's the best place for them to go? I would say the best place to go, I'm going to be two places, YouTube and search my name, Brent Bowers. Uh, I launched a YouTube channel about 10 months ago, but please subscribe. Like I'm just trying to build that thing. It's a lot of time and effort and plane trips involved with that. And the second place is if you want to schedule a call, head on over to thelandsharks.com. That's thelandsharks.com. And we'll see what you got, you know, what your real estate investing goals are. And if we feel like we're a great fit, I'd be honored to coach you. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. That's good. Yeah. I love talking about that. I think I've had this conversation with several military, former military guys that, I think when you get in the military, you kind of get on autopilot and sometimes you forget to think about what's next. Right. And so I think this is a great conversation to have. It, it helps, it helps give military people an alternative, but you know, you, this is good, true for anybody that's in a job that they're, they're transitioning out of at some point in the future, near future to, to maybe look at these alternatives of, of how they can give themselves a little bit of a foundation to build on once they're gone from their jobs. Sean, so you're good. still right about that autopilot because from 2009, 2013 i let my real estate license go didn't do the continuing education i stopped buying rental properties and i wish i would have you know just those two things alone would would i mean i would just be so much further ahead because i could have just kept buying the rental properties and i could have not you know because I, I i it's almost like our kid our parents used to say eat everything on your plate they're starving kids in china well if you it's the same thing with your bank account you're going to spend everything in your bank account. You might as well put it into a savings account, kind of like I had in 2007. <laughs> My renter's payments were not uh, paying the mortgage, but I was having to come up with $50 a month, but big deal. It was a savings account.
Yeah. If, if people are taking small steps now to get one or two, even if it's one or two properties per year, you know, if you do that for three or four years, by the time you get out, you have a small portfolio that you can then take off with, you know? Yes. And, and I, I like the idea of doing land acquisitions and sales because that's, it's a very low, like you said, a very low maintenance issues. There's no management issues really to speak of other than like maintaining the, the, the code violation stuff. I think, I think that's a great plan for someone if they're trying to do the minimum with the acquisitions, but still kind of have something to build on and, and get that business sort of started. I think that's yeah. a good plan. Absolutely. Thank you. Well, thanks, Brian. I appreciate you coming on the show and sharing that with us. And hopefully someone reaches out to you and, and you can help them make that, like you said, the 200 grand that your, your students made just recently. I help someone in the military or whatever, make that next, that next money for themselves. And, and I appreciate you coming on and sharing, sharing your experiences and, and what you have going on. Thanks very much, Sean. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Next Level American Dream. If you would like to learn more on what we talked about, want to contact the team directly, or are interested in passively investing and becoming a part of our TMG Investor Club, head over to our website at thompsonmultifamilygroup.com. Before you go, please leave a review. Your comments help us create more episodes for you to enjoy.